Welcome to another edition of the Superflight Podcast, your Eric Fischel of NBA Podcasts. Because like Eric Fischel's paintings, this podcast will also make you feel incredibly uncomfortable if you spend too much time with it. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Monday, October 15th. This this recording, this podcast was recorded last week with James Herbert. It's our part two of the season preview. Last week, we talked about the awards. This week, uh, since I cut it into two because it was a two-hour podcast, you're going to hear about how we finish the top eight teams in each conference. Not not the whole, not every team, just our top eight for each conference. And I think it was pretty fun and interesting. So hang out and give a listen. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so in a number of ways. Tweet at me at Joe Burley. Tweet at the podcast at Superflight Pod. Email the show at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow along on all your media media outlet things uh yeah rate review five stars please and uh say hi and that's gonna be it for me for this week because uh the podcast is coming right up we kind of rushed through the western conference because we sorry about that we thought that we were going to do the whole thing at once and then realize that it's going too long so you get we rushed through the west a little bit and we spent a little bit more time in the east but it's all there it's fine you'll enjoy it i did uh and that's all okay after this quick Brief, tiny little musical interlude. We'll be right back. Lee, what, <laughs> do you want to do our uh, top eight, how the teams are going to finish in the East and West? We should blow through this really quick because we're already at like 40 minutes. And in Sure, order, where do you want to start? In order to not have like a three-hour podcast. Let's start in the West. Who do you got? Give me your give me your top eight. Go from worst to first. How's that? Okay. Do you want to talk about each team or do you just want me to list the whole deal? Let's uh let's yeah, let's talk about each team. All right, tell you what, you you go eight and I'll tell you who mine is, and then we'll go you go seven and I'll tell you who mine is, and we'll do it like that. All right. <laughs> eight eighth I have the Blazers. Ooh, me too. Why do you have the Blazers eighth? Um, so if I'm going to talk about the Blazers, I sort of have to talk about the teams that I snubbed, right? Yeah, please do. Okay, so the teams that didn't make the playoffs, I, I snubbed San Antonio. Mm, I snubbed I. Memphis, which felt weird because I, I feel like the Grizzlies, if they're healthy, they could really be a playoff team. And I, I sort of like, I want to go out on that limb and take them and be like, yeah, I have Memphis in the playoffs. Most people don't, but I can do it. And I snubbed the Clippers, even though I think they might be the deepest of any of these teams. Like, they're super crazy deep. They have a lot of really good players. They have a lot of veterans. Um, but I, I just couldn't go with them. I, I went with Portland because, you know, it's not it's not just because of what they did late last season. Um, but that factored into it. I just think, like, they have this proven formula. I just think there's... There's a floor for a team that is on backcourt that's good and that last year basically figured out the defense thing in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't carry over to the playoffs, but I don't see a reason why they can't be a pretty good defensive team again. Um, I personally am pretty bored by the Blazers at this point. Like I would really love for them to do something to change this team because I don't think anybody would be excited by even if they finished like third in the West again. Right. Um, and it's just all about what happens in the playoffs at this point. But just because I'm kind of bummed about them doesn't mean I want to like punish them for that. So I still have them in the playoffs. Uh, but I, 
I just I, I couldn't put them any higher than Nate when I was considering these teams like, you know, the Nuggets and the Thunders of the world. All right. So I I actually have Portland as well. And eighth, and I said just barely edging out the Clippers, Memphis and Dallas, believe it or not, because um, I think Dallas is probably going to be better than people expect. Yeah, but, I can see that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I just don't think I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like Damian Lillard is just that good. He is a superstar. And while he doesn't really impact you on the defense impact the team on the defensive end all that much um i still just think like between him and lillard or mccollum they're a force to be reckoned with and they did have a really good defense last year so i have to ride with them i think they get the eighth seed who do you have for the seventh seed i have the pellies oh okay um i mean the the thing about the west is like it's gonna be a slog it's gonna be a bloodbath you could just flip all of these teams. If you told me that yeah. the Pelicans were going to be like third or fourth, I'd be like, all right. Like just because I have them at the seventh, I don't think they're like definitively worse than the Lakers and some of these other teams that I have ahead of them. I just, I just kind of, um, well, I, I was like, I, the weird thing is I see the Pelicans and the Lakers like very similarly, mm-hmm. which, which is a strange thing to say, but I, I see them both as this team with this like transcendent player. Um, they have, okay secondary players like drew holiday to me is all-star caliber right. brandon Ingram, if he makes the leap could be close to all-star caliber right and then after that it there's a there's just like so many unknowns like i really like nico and how he played with ad um i really think that some of these lakers guys like i think josh hart is like a perfect fit i'm like pretty optimistic about about lonzo compared to a lot of people like i i really believe in him um, I, I see the I see these teams as like really similar in terms of like uh, how the talent is like weighted throughout the, throughout the roster, mm-hmm. um, and I have I have like a lot of questions about some of their players like on both teams, um, but I ended up just sort of putting the Lakers above them uh, because LeBron is better than AD. It's kind of <laughs> simple, right? Like I don't yeah, know. No, it's it's totally fair. This, this isn't highly scientific. I, a lot of the a lot of the projection models that I looked at had the like just really did not like the Lakers. Like I was looking at, like uh, the Pelton stuff and um, sort of other models out there. But like, uh, I think one of them had them as like the ninth best team, and I I didn't I I do trust that stuff. Like I put some weight there, so I didn't want to. Um, I realize I'm skipping, but I didn't want to put them up like too high yeah. because of that. But I just I I was like, all right, they're gonna be six for me, and the and the Pelicans are gonna be seventh. All right, I have Denver at seventh. Uh, I I had to put them in the playoffs, but honestly, and they have all the talent in the world, right? Like they have a lot of offensive talent. I'm not sure about the defensive end. Jokic is kind of otherworldly on the offensive end. Murray is great. Barton's great. Harris is great. Right now they have Isaiah Thomas, who's going to come in off the bench and he's going to motivate all those guys. And I think he's, I'm hoping he's going to have a uh, a resurgence this year and, and has gotten through the hip injury. Me too. Um, but I'm worried about, you know, Malone. And I think if if like if they don't make the playoffs this year, Malone's done, obviously, because um, they have way too much talent to be squandering it and not making the playoffs with that roster. So I also I mean, but, he could be done if they have a slow start. That's like, true. He might not even make it the whole year if, if it doesn't come together quickly. That's a good point. And I know people are really high on them because of their offensive upside. And it, it makes perfect sense. Two years ago, they were incredible. Uh, even last year, they were really good. And they just missed out by like one game. Um but I just think, you know, they haven't proven it to me. And until I see it, I just, I'm not all that ready to believe it. So I have them in there, but I have them low. Um, okay. I do have the Lakers. Who do you, who do you have? Who do you have sixth? 
I have the Lakers at sixth. And simply okay. because of LeBron. Like, I can't imagine a world yeah. in which LeBron doesn't make the playoffs. And that's really all it comes down to. He's got, you know, Rajon Rondo is going to give you some minutes. I don't know which Rajon Rondo we're going to get. I'm tired of hearing about the playoff Rondo versus the regular season Rondo. But I think being a Le- a Brown, uh, around LeBron, he's going to have to stay motivated. Um, the, you know, the thing that everyone keeps talking about is they don't really have a center. So they're going to end up having to play LeBron at center or some, which I think is a horrible idea. The way to like wear that guy's body down, I know, you know, in theory, it makes sense. Like, he's so versatile, he can be anywhere on the court, but he doesn't want to play the center position in his 16th season. It just doesn't well, make any sense to me. I think the way they've done it is, like, when he's sort of playing the center, like, it's actually Kuzma that's guarding the center. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, neither of them are centers. No. But I, I think the idea, like like you are alluding to is like, let's protect LeBron. So we're going to call Kuzma the five, but it doesn't, it, it just really means you're playing without a five. Right. Like, like I, I think we make that, like I did it with bridges earlier. It's like, just because bridges is the tallest guy on the floor doesn't really mean as a center just because PJ Tucker is like kind of a center. Like the dude's six, five, like right. <laughs> really what they're doing is just playing without a center. <laughs> like, yeah, and, yeah. That, and, and the Lakers are going to do that some, but like a lot of teams are going to do that. Um, um most of the good teams are going to do that. At least have at least have that as one of the looks they can go to. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm somewhat worried about that. I heard Zach Lowe on a recent pod said I think they're going to go get someone, and that that obviously would not like. I don't think anybody would be surprised if that happened, um, because right now it's Javale, it's Zubats, it's Mo Wagner, and that is not a proven trio at all to say the least. <laughs> Which I, I do think have like some... Javale. JaVale for like 20 minutes, I think is fine. Yeah. Like from what we saw from him and the Warriors, like especially if you're trying to play fast. um, And I mean, I don't think he can do it for like extended stretches because I think he gets tired. But like for like an eight minute stint of him at the beginning of the game, running around, catching lobs and then going to the bench and coming back in a little while later. Like, I think that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure how many games he'll close. Uh, I'm interested in, to, in. I'm actually like pretty interested in Wagner, uh, just because he can, he can shoot too. That's what I was. Uh, say. But he looked good in summer league. Yeah, but I mean, it, this is a team with like serious aspirations of yeah. <laughs> of playing like in May, and like I, I don't know if you can really count on that. So I mean, I really think I, they're going to be making some moves by midseason anyway. That's, I, the, that's the thing. Like so much of this is like, how how do we account for that? Right. Like no, how do we totally account true. like? Neither of us even, like, mentioned Minnesota. Like, I just have thrown them out of the picture. They're out. I mean, with everything, yeah. It's a shame because of the whole Butler saga, and he actually apparently went to practice today and just, like, yelled at everyone, including the GM. I don't know if you saw that. I was expecting you were going to lead with that when we got on the thing. (laughs) I was trying to avoid it, but whatever. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I also threw Memphis right out the door. I'm like, "There's there's no sense in talking about this because... I, I just don't. I, they're a mess right now, and I just don't want to. I just don't want to go in down Minnesota, Memphis. not Memphis. Right? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Minnesota. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's they both start with an M. Same place. Let's, let's, totally. Uh, I had New Orleans at five. Who'd you have at five? Um, I had Denver, and oh, right. I feel a little queasy about it because it's possible this is just one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Like yeah. usually, you don't <laughs> pick a team like that to finish fifth, but. Uh, they were better than people remember last year. Paul Millsap missed a ton of time. Um, and I think if he's there and plays a full healthy season, uh, I think they might have a better chance of like actually having a defense first mindset. Like 
I remember listening to Richard Jefferson talk about this last year. It's like they were trying to build a defensive culture there and like get away from how, what had been done the year prior. They knew like they knew defense had to be what they hung their hats on like earlier in the year. That was the point in training camp. But as soon as Millsap got hurt, that all went out the window. Mm-hmm. They just they didn't have the guys right. like they really needed him as a steadying presence that could direct other people that could play um, small ball five. If we want to call Right. that um that could switch on to smaller players that was just smart and always in the right place because he's paul Millsap and that's what he does right um and i think they really missed him and i think there was a real shift in mentality that that jefferson talked about where they're just like okay we're gonna go outscore people and i still don't know that they quite have the personnel to be like an above average defensive team in fact i do know they don't mm-hmm. but they can be better than they were and you're hearing it from everyone. Like you're hearing it from like Jamal Murray coming to media day. And he's like this like sort of scrawny combo guard. And he, he has been scoring his entire life. And he's asked about the season and he's just saying like, we know we have to play defense. Like right. we, we know there were games we should have won last year. We should have been in the playoffs and we just were not consistent enough on defense. So like, I think they get it. Uh, I, I think, that might be another team that has to make a move or something to to kind of get the personnel right. But even if they don't, like, there's just so much talent there. Like, Murray's only getting better. Harris is only getting better. Jokic is only getting better. And I think Millsap can really kind of play a uh, big role in changing how they uh, approach the defensive end. So I'm pretty optimistic about them uh, in general. So that's what that's why I had them that, that high. Uh, like I said, I feel... A little uneasy about the whole yeah. thing, but I went for it. <laughs> well, some people have them really high. Like I, I think a few people have them even like third. So don't be too embarrassed. Um, <laughs> I honestly, that's the whole reason I have them at fifth, and sort of like was was wishy washy about having them in the playoffs at all. Like they have all the offensive potential in the world. I'm just really concerned about their defense. We must move much faster. Who'd you have at fourth? The Thunder of Oklahoma City. Same. <laughs> give me, give me what you got. Want to just skip them? Uh, um, I'll just say that, like, I think I, it's going to be a little bit tough until Roberson and, and Westbrook come back healthy. Um, but I think they're going to get by and they're going to rely on their defense. And I think I'm really looking forward to that, uh, especially with the addition of Nerlens Noel. I, I think it's going to be a defensive-minded team. Paul George can totally carry the load until Westbrook is healthy, and he's a really good defensive player as well. I have a lot of faith in them, and I actually toyed with having them like third or second. So. But, you know, with okay. without Roberson in there, who would have been my defensive player of the year this year um, if he was starting the season healthy, um, you know, they're going to take some lumps. Go ahead. What do you got real quick? Do you want? OK, I'm going to give you I already committed that like this is in writing. So this is not like original content. But okay. uh, in, in the column that I that I posted yesterday, Gosh, uh, shameless self promotion. I, I know. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I, I have a somewhat hot take about the Thunder. Oh, and, what do you got? I didn't read it, and so it's tell that, me. It's that um, I think big picture the Robertson injury could actually end up being good for them because to me going into the year, like I'm not really that worried about their defense. Like I think it'll be fine uh, and potentially like elite when Robertson's out there. What what I'm worried about is like can we stop talking about this team like, 
oh, will they ever fix their predictable offense? Will they ever get more creative? Will Westbrook ever be more judicious with his shot selection? Will they ever have enough spacing on the floor? Will they ever have enough passing so they're not a chore to watch? Like, can any of these things happen? Like, we talk about it year after year. We want them to be a team where players go and they end up playing better than they did elsewhere, where the overall product is, like, more than the sum of their parts. Uh, and, and, and they, like, very rarely are. Um, and I think the one way the Robertson thing could end up being uh, sort of a blessing in disguise is it could make it easier um, when you you don't have to give this guy 30-plus minutes or around 30 minutes a night um, to put lineups out there with guys that can like do stuff offensively. Mm-hmm. And that means that they can make a three, that can put the ball on the floor, and that can not just be a guy that moves the ball and sort of cuts on the baseline for for open layups and as as great as robertson is defensively he's one of the best defensive players in the league it's just it's just a fact that he doesn't really bring anything on offense you're sort of playing four on five with him and if that means that like terrence ferguson gets a chance to have more minutes and maybe contribute if like tlc um gets a chance to to find his sea legs as an nba player Mm -hmm. whatever it is Maybe it's just Abrinas finally, for the first time in his career, is consistent. Like, I, I, I like that the Thunder will now more easily be able to have lineups that have proper spacing out there um, for the first little bit of the season. It sounds like it's going to be at least two months, yeah, maybe more. Um, Not quite a little and bit. And <laughs> if they can just, yeah, and if they can just like ingrain some like better offensive habits and have a system that flows a little better. Then it's about integrating Robertson back into that right? rather than trying to create this thing while you have this guy out there that is so limited on offense that it makes everything harder. So that that is my weird hot take. Obviously, this losing him puts a ceiling. It puts a, a ceiling on like how good you can be defensively from the jump. And I think it, it means they'll win fewer games. But like I'm really thinking about the playoffs for this team and what could make them sort of find that next level. And maybe this ends up sort of contributing to that. So that that's my somewhat hot take. That's not bad. It's a I would say it's a medium take. It's not really hot. It's 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 a lukewarm take. It's not so bad. It's hot because like deep down, I I I don't know what in the Thunder's history leads me to believe this will actually happen. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I got you. Um, who do you have at the third spot? I have the Utah Jazz. All right. Okay. And then I have Houston at two. This is this is where there's like debate, right? Yeah, totally. Because I have Utah in two and Houston at Houston at three. So yeah, here's my thing about Houston. Like, I think the loss of Mbamute and Ariza plus adding Mello is really going to hurt them a little bit. I honestly wanted to put them down at fifth, but I think that's too far because James Harden and Chris Paul are still incredible, right? But I just worry about what they've done to the to the face of this team, not the face of it like outward facing, but like what this team operates as, right? I think that Mbamute mm-hmm. and Ariza both bought, both brought something on the defensive end that was really really valuable, and Ariza was just like you know you get him in the corner and he shoots a three, and he's he's that guy. He he can lock down defenders, or he can sorry, he's a lockdown defender on the wing and. He can shoot three. So he's your he's your prototypical three and D guy. That's exactly what they needed on that team. Losing him, I think, was a bigger deal than Mbamute, but Mbamute also does very similar things, and he's a like very solid defensive player. I just worry that having those guys not there anymore is gonna turn that team into a bit of a sieve again. 
And then when you add Melo in there, man, I just think that like at this point in Melo's career, you know, he was a great player at one point in time. He hasn't been that guy in a long, long time. He's, he's, he impacts the team much more negatively than he does positively at this point. And it's not even like, he's not like still a knockdown three point shooter. He hit every time I watch, he hits like one out of four, right? He's, he's a mid range shooter who doesn't move particularly well, doesn't cover on defense and you have to find him. You have to make space for him in your offense. Like you have to feed him the ball or he'll just take it and, you know, go black hole mode on you. I just don't think it's going to flow. And I'm worried about what it's going to do for the offense and the defense. So I had, I dropped him a bit. I wanted to drop him more, but I just thought like James Harden is just that good. Chris Paul is really that good. But then you're also talking about like, is Chris Paul going to be healthy the entire year too? Cause he ends up injured frequently lately. Um, what do you think about Houston? It's it's very weird because if almost any other team lost Bamute and yeah. Ariza and ends up signing like Carmelo and James Ennis and like trading for Brandon Knight and signing yeah. NCW and, and signing Bruno Caboclo and Bruno. all this stuff, like I would just be like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah, why, exactly. like what is going on? Um, so I like I've asked myself on several occasions, like. What is it about this team that you just continue to believe in? Like, why is it that your reaction to them getting Brandon Knight is not like, what are they doing? But is rather like, oh, this could be great for Brandon Knight's career. And, oh, like, if MCW is going to be good again, this is the only place it can happen. Like, if Melo can't make it work here, then he can make it work nowhere. But, like, I think it could probably, maybe it could happen this time, even though I <laughs> said all this stuff about the Thunder last summer and regret it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I asked myself that question, and I come back to the fact that I just think that their foundation is so solid, and that generally makes players better. Um, it makes it easier to absorb the losses that they had. It doesn't mean they're going to be exactly as good as they were last year where they won 65 games in like a super loaded conference um and were just unbelievable and genuinely had a shot at upsetting the warriors um but i still think they're probably the second best team in the league i i just think you have paul you have harden you, you have them playing d'antoni ball a sort of modified version of d'antoni ball in a league that is different than it was when d'antoni ball started and you still have Eric Gordon as well. Like there's just so much good playmaking and it's not just that you have good playmaking. It's that like the, the way that they have, they organize the team, the lineups that they play, it's all so calculated to have like maximum spacing possible and still trying to remain as versatile as they can be defensively. And like they've, they've lost some important pieces in that respect. Like if, if James Ennis gets injured or is bad, that is an enormous problem for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But if James Ennis is fine, which they think he will be, and I kind of think he will be. I don't think he'll be Ariza, but I think he'll be a like decent approximation of what Ariza did. Then I can still feel pretty good about them. Like if you look at their on-off numbers with Ariza last year, as impressive as he was, as much as they needed him in the Warrior series, like overall, like they were fine when he was sitting. And like I I I feel kind of weird about the whole thing because I'm if if they do suck or at least if they are significantly worse than last year like there's a ton of warning signs it's everything you said right. plus you didn't mention that the architect of their defense jeff bezelic abruptly retired in september not in like july right but like right as training camp was starting like that was a big blow so 
there are a bunch of warning signs, but I just keep coming back to the fact that I just believe in that foundation. And, and it's a little weird because some of the surrounding pieces have changed. Like part of the reason their spacing was always so good was they had Ryan Anderson. Mm -hmm. But then, hey, last year they like take Anderson out of the rotation and they're still awesome. They're in fact better. Right. So right. I, I, I think what we have learned is like the truly important pieces are Harden, Paul, Gordon to some extent, and Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> like, yeah. th th those are the really important pieces, and everybody else will be sort of put in their proper roles and proper positions, and the Rockets are such a smart team that I trust that to happen. Um, and so that makes me talk, talk myself into, like, yeah, like, when Brandon Knight's healthy, maybe he can work on this team again. He was almost an all-star that one year in Milwaukee. Or, like, All right, hey, listen, buddy, that's just crazy Chris talk. And, like... <laughs> Marquise Chris, like, like when he came into the league, when he was in the draft, like I was like, oh my god, the potential of this guy. Like in, yeah, in Phoenix, yeah. he looked like he didn't understand how to play basketball, but in Houston, he's gonna have such a like small confined role where he just has to like basically catch lobs and set picks. That like, how can he screw this up? Like it 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 has me believing in everybody, and it has me <laughs> saying things that would sound crazy if they were on other teams. But I think that just speaks to like how much I believe in their the core pieces of that organization. All right, that's fair. You know, the other thing though for me, like the re the other reason I approach this sort of negatively is because you know I live in New York, and I was here when D'Antoni and Carmelo were playing together. Well, when when D'Antoni was coaching Carmelo the first time. And it went really badly. <laughs> it was not a good experiment. I just wonder, like, D'Antoni, like, he left, as far as I know, hating Carmelo Anthony. Like, I don't understand why he would want him on his team again. He knows that that guy's... things up over the... Well, you know, I mean... You've I mean, they've things... been together on Team USA since, and they didn't have any fights. Like, I this mean, you're was not going to physically fight, you know? Like... No, but, like, they tried to do this last summer, and yeah, they couldn't get a trade worked out. And uh, and D'Antoni what, still wanted when... it, and Melo still wanted it. Like if if both sides really want to make it work, I think that that can cover up a lot of like past problems. That's fair, but what's going to happen when it reverts back to the old situation that it was? And like and maybe maybe Melo needs to move to the bench. Now you're talking about pouting, and you're talking about bringing the whole mentality of the team down. And like I think Melo is going to be on the bench from game one of the regular season. I don't I don't think he's going to start for this team. Okay, good. And I think he, he gets it. All right. This time. Well, all right. Well, then moving on. <laughs> Talk to me about Utah. What's that? Okay. Sorry, I thought we like cut off for a second. We um, did. I think we're we're it's splotchy for a second. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Utah. I freaking love Utah. Like I have them below Houston, but like that doesn't really mean anything. Like I think both teams are going to be awesome. Uh, I think Utah could really surprise people um, because. This time, I don't think it's just about the defense. I think we can expect the defense can, is going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, but I think if Mitchell gets a little bit better, um, if he can shoot threes a little bit better uh, and just have more confidence for the entire season, because last year was sort of like an ongoing like learning project and only pretty late did he actually like really take over. Mm -hmm. I think now they come in with an identity. They come in with chemistry. Rubio took like months to figure out what to do last year and to like actually internalize the stuff that, that Snyder was trying to tell him about being aggressive and changing his game. And like he comes in, he's starting the year confident. Like he's starting the year knowing how much the team missed him when he was hurt uh, against the Rockets in the playoffs. I just, I think there is room for this team, um, which is full of good shooters, which is full of guys who can run pick and rolls. And they're running a system that tends to make smart players look really good. Like, that's just kind of how Quinn Snyder's system works, uh, that, that I really believe in the structure of this team. And I, I don't think it's going to be a team where it's like, OK, they're first in defense, but like 18th in offense. Like, no, like I think 
Like this could be like a top 10 offense and the best defense in basketball and just win a, a ton of games. Uh, so I feel really good about them. If you told me they were they were going to win more than Houston, if you told me they were going to win the West because the Warriors were lazy, like that wouldn't surprise me. I just happened to have them at third. All right. I'm actually a little uncomfortable putting them in second place just because I feel like I already know what this team is. But yeah, exactly what you said. There's room to grow with these guys. Like if Dante Exum stays healthy and contributes, yep. that's huge because he's shown really high upside in the past. He just can never stay healthy. But it looks like he's hope. Let's hope he's healthy this year and uh, and shows up with some of that potential. And like it, it, it shows out. I think if Donovan Mitchell takes that next step, which I don't even know what it, that looks like because his numbers were incredible last year. I think maybe if he just gets a little bit more efficient, learns how to. Yeah, that's really a little bit better. Yeah. Then then, yeah, I mean, the offensive ceiling certainly rises. Right. So you got a team that's never going to take a night off because they're they're really well coached. And like you said, that system makes, you know, good guys look really smart. They're going to play hard on defense. So that's going to keep them in every single game. Gobert is just an anchor. Uh, We all know that. So I just think that, like, if the if the offense comes around just a little bit. I think they have a lot of damn potential. And I agree with you. Like I'm a little bit uncomfortable having them this high, but I'm also not, I wouldn't be surprised if they did finish number one in the West because Golden State was being lazy. But that brings us to Golden State, who I have number one, and clearly you have number one, unless you didn't put them in the playoffs. Yeah, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves number one, actually. <laughs> nice. Good call. Um, I don't know what to say about Golden State. Like, it's the... the... <laughs> like when cousins comes back, like I don't even understand what that looks like. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. And and I do think there is something to the stuff that Kerr has been saying about cousins, giving them a puzzle to solve and putting a new energy in the team. And I think uh, the fact that some of the vets are gone and you have like Jordan bell and Kevon Looney and Damian Jones trying to compete for the center minutes. Like I actually think Jordan bell could be awesome uh, this year based on like what the guys around the Warriors are saying, what he's been saying, what he looked like in summer league. Like, I, I think this could be somewhat of a breakout season for him before Boogie even gets back. Uh, and then look like, I mean, Steph missed a lot of games last year. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Like they, they win a lot more games. So uh, I, I just think you'd by default put them number one and it just depends on health and like their own sort of level of engagement. You know, I think about, I think about Golden State like, you know, they messed around and got a triple-double. Seriously, that's they're just going to back into wins because of the amount of talent on that team. I know everyone's talking about how they're going to take it easy and they're going to dick around all season, so they're going to lose games. And yeah, to a certain extent, they probably will. But at the same time, if, if they have that amount of talent, I just can't see them. I mean, the other thing about there's another part of this equation, too, is that all these teams in the West are so freaking like star-studded and so good. They're going to be like, you know, just battering each other. So like they're they're I think just by the nature of the game because they have that much talent, the guys are going to come in having played another really tough team and then have to play them and they're like they're clearly heads and tails above everyone else. I think they might have some pretty easy nights with exhausted teams. Maybe it could be the same. <laughs> Maybe it could be the same, you know, the opposite for them. Maybe be, like everyone, you're you're the winner. Everyone wants to come at you as hard as they can. So maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. But I just feel like they're going to back into wins. It's just going to happen. I, I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I mean, if they win somewhere around 70 wins, will you be surprised? No. Like, if yeah, they exactly. won somewhere around 55, I would really be surprised. 
Me too. And again, like it's I, like I know who this team is. We all know who this team is. They've they've won the championship three times now. We we know yeah. what they are. They're they're going to be fine. And like you mentioned, when they have Boogie back or when they have him healthy, nobody knows what that looks like. That adds another level, another another dimension to this team that like maybe it won't even work but i have a feeling it probably will i uh, think it just helps them not be bored yeah yeah exactly and that's what steve kerr's been talking about this whole offseason right so like yeah now everyone's engaged because they have something else to work around and work you know it's like you just mentioned it's a piece of the puzzle that they have to figure out that keeps you engaged and it keeps you like just going strong i have no, they're like the energizer bunny i have no idea what i'm saying right now <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about – let's go uh, – let's do the East, if you still have time. I don't have a – let's just do it. All right, let's do it. All right, hit me with your your eighth seed. All right, well, I have written down Charlotte slash Detroit, which probably mm. doesn't doesn't help you. Uh, I'll, I'll pick the Hornets. Okay. I, I feel bad. I just have so many – like, uh, the Pistons should be a playoff team based on talent. Um, I Like, which is – we haven't seen them healthy in so long. Um, and – so it's hard to remember how talented they actually are, but they, they are really talented. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I haven't, I want to see Reggie Jackson be healthy for a long time. I, I want to see Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond um, work well together. I want to see Blake increase his efficiency um, because that's been really a problem for the last few years. There, there's just a lot of stuff that I want to see the Andre Drummond shooting threes thing. Like usually when centers say that it excites me with him, it doesn't. Uh, it just concerns me, mm-hmm. and I I don't know that like I mean Stanley Johnson is another guy that's like really talented but has never put put it together. I just I just have so many questions about Detroit with Charlotte. I I I, I look at them and like maybe they're not quite as talented, but I think they're more talented than their record last year. I like what Borrego is doing. I think losing Dwight was absolutely like the perfect case of addition by subtraction. I think guys will be better mm-hmm. uh, without him and and happier without him. And they'll have more freedom and offense without him. And uh, I, I we've already talked about Bridges. And I think if Bridges is everything that I'm like imagining him to be, which which might be too much to to ask as a rookie, but it, but if he is, then I think he kind of changes the way this team works. I think it opens up a lot of different lineup possibilities for Borrego. They're just a lot more versatile, kind of on both ends. Um, and I, I think just Kemba is so good and he's so competitive, and I could see him just. It, almost like dragging the team to the playoffs, but yeah. I don't want to say that because like he's another one. Like the the stats with him on and off the court are very similar to to what it was with Oladipo last year. And I think the the big variables in Charlotte is like is the idea of Tony Parker coming in and and running the team without Kemba for like you know 15 minutes a night. Like does that actually work? Um, and also does Malik Monk uh, thrive in his second year because he did not get along um, with, with Steve Clifford last year and did not have a great rookie season. But I think he's another guy that's like super talented. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason a lot of people were excited about him when he was drafted. So like Monk and Parker are kind of the X factors, if you will, if you want to use that cliche term. But I, I do think there, there's real upside in Charlotte uh, being a playoff team. It, it was hard for me to pick between the two, obviously, but I just uh, I just did it live. So there you go. Good job. Good job. I'm proud of you. I, I struggled you. with this one, too. And I, I actually cut Charlotte out. I just felt like they weren't going to be able to get over the hump, even though I think that uh, Miles Bridges is going to be the rookie of the year. Um, I actually have Washington being uh, in the eighth place. I have them as the last. I, I And this one is really tough for me, too, because I could totally see them falling out of the playoffs altogether, or they could be as high as fourth. 
Um, I just think that it's going to be a, an absolute train wreck in Washington this year. Um, with Dwight Howard being added into that mix and the Morris brother, which one I can't remember, Markeith? Yeah, yes. Markeith. So Markeith, you know, like he got thrown out of a he got thrown out of a preseason game. Like uh, I heard Andrew Sharp talking on the, on the Open Floor podcast, and he was talking about like maybe Markeith Morris is really the issue there. Maybe he's the reason that guys don't get along. He's not not really high on him or his ability to, to like uh, create a peaceful environment within the locker room or on the okay. team. So I don't know. I just think that Washington Washington could go one of two ways. They could be decent. They can get like. Maybe even the third seed. No, they may not get the third seed. They can maybe get the fourth seed, but I could also see them falling completely out like they did last year. And I could just see that like this this just becomes like untenable between Wall and Beal and 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 it's just yeah. I, I don't know. And like maybe by mid season they're talking about trading one of them. Who knows? I think Wall is gonna have a way better year than last year. I, I think I really like a lot of their people. Like I like Porter a lot. I like Ubre a lot. I agree. I think Austin Rivers gets so much shit, but like for a third guard, like He's perfectly fine. Um, but have you my, heard my about? Issue, but have you heard about? Like, have you heard John Wall talking about like going out every night and partying and like it's his right to go out after work and party, which is fine. It is his right. But like, you know, most people who work a nine to five job, which is claiming he does, don't go out after work every night and still are functional for the you know for the next day of work. I, I don't know. I'm some little, people do. Um, no, no, I hear at, you. What, I, like, at what level though like I mean yeah you can be functional but are you going to be like your best self are you going to be like a superstar that he's supposed to be I don't know yeah yeah I don't know I mean clearly there have been chemistry issues and like dysfunctional issues over the past few years um, everybody's saying all the right stuff just like every team in the league going into training camp is like Scott Brooks wants them like taking more threes and playing faster um, which always sounds great I'm mm-hmm. interested to see if they stick with it uh, Wall really wanted them to play faster. Wanted them to get to get more athletic. I would I would feel really good about this team if they had a different starting center. I worry about the Dwight thing. I think he slows yeah. you down. I think he like fucks with your offense just in terms of how it flows and him wanting touches and him not setting hard screens and not rolling hard to the basket when he's in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that is my biggest concern. Um, right now he's injured. Right. So yeah, that, that almost makes shoot, me... shooting threes. So they look good. <laughs> yeah, but like. Him being injured almost makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, but, it's, but it's weird. Like, I think they're deeper than they've been in a long time. The bench has always been such a problem. I think it's it's better now. It's not great, but it's better. True. I think they underachieved um, enormously last season, and they were really sort of snake bit with, with the injury thing. Um, so I think there's potential for this team to to be up there like maybe fourth seed or at least fighting for home court advantage, but that's not where I put them. Like I, I, I put them seventh. Um, Ooh, all right. And I, yeah. So that's, that, that's my deal with Washington is like, I see the upside. I get it. I think they're really talented. I also see the downside. Like if, if it doesn't work out, like this is the last year that you're going to see this group together. Totally. Absolutely. I have Miami in seventh. I just think they're going to be like their, their players are all good. And there's are not, they seventh if they get Jimmy Butler? Are they going to get Jimmy Butler? I don't. <laughs> if they get Jimmy Butler, I, the the where goes, else is he going? I don't know. Nowhere. I think he's. I think he's going to be back in Minnesota, and I think well, they're going to be a train wreck. Well, then why did we put Minnesota wreck. out of the playoffs then? <laughs> because That's I the still thing. think he's going to be the, like it's going to be so uncomfortable and disruptive. He, like Tibbs is clearly not going to trade the guy. He's just doing everything he can to keep him on that team. And I just well, then think we both should have had Minnesota in the playoffs. If they if they had him, we both should have had them in the playoffs. I mean, they weren't they weren't that solid in the playoffs last year, right? They were, what what seed were they? Like the 
eighth seed? They were third when Jimmy got hurt. Right, but what did they finish? They finished eighth, but that's because Jimmy got hurt. With <laughs> Jimmy, tomato, the, tomato. they were the third best team in the West. Yeah, but for like two weeks. Come on. No, like that's where they were when he got hurt. Like that is when their season changed. That is why they slipped. Yeah, like right, they, they were a really good team with Jimmy. Yeah, but like when he came back, that's when like all the issues started and they started griping and like, you know. I mean, the issues were happening all yeah, along all right, and they were enough. winning despite them. That's true. That's true. All right. So maybe you're right. Maybe if he's still in Minnesota, we should have had. But I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. If, if I he, personally would have like I I think they're like a better team than like Portland, for example, if, if Jimmy Butler's on the team. Uh, but I mean, I don't anticipate Jimmy, but I like, did you think if he, he was traded before you post this podcast? That would not surprise me. Okay. Do you think he goes to Miami? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know where else he's going to go. It, it seems like Miami is a logical place. Now, uh, I have Miami sixth, which is sort of like splitting the difference. Like if, if they don't, <laughs> don't get him, Miami's probably more like seventh. If they do get him, maybe they're more like fourth or fifth. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's 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 kind of how I handled it. All right, that's fair. Well, like I said, they could be as high as fifth if they get him. I, I just, you know, Miami's going to be really well coached. They're going to be really well coached. They have decent players. That, I'm just not that excited about the team. I just, I just think they get in because they're good enough, and the bottom of the East is not very strong. That's my whole explanation. That's fair. All right. You want to go to fifth or sixth? Well, what was your sixth? All right. My sixth is actually Detroit. I just think that, you know. If oh, play- wow. Yeah, I know. I I had them out of the playoffs altogether at first. And I thought, wait a minute. You know, Blake Griffin is still a really good player. And if Reggie can stay healthy and Blake can stay healthy and they got Casey coaching, like, you don't know what he can do for that team. I think they could be, they they have to be better this year, right? They just have to. That's a terrible – I'm doing a terrible job of this. I have no other reason than that. They're still going to be – I think they're going to be boring as hell. Uh, I'm not going to be particularly interested in watching the team, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think – I, I think, actually am interested. I, I just am scared. Like, I, I'm just terrified about what's actually going to happen, but, I, but I'm absolutely interested. They're, they're really talented. Yeah. I, I just feel like they have to be in the playoffs, and they have to be better than Miami or Washington or, or Charlotte, right? Right? I mean, I didn't, I don't think so, but like, <laughs> it's possible. It is, it is, I, I would say the bottom of the East is like very wide open. Yeah. And like, there's teams that we haven't even discussed. Like, is it that nuts if like the Nets are in the running for a playoff spot? Kind of. Is it that nuts? Like, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't know I, I would actually is. have like New York or the, the, blah, the, uh, the Knicks, sorry. The Knicks actually higher than the Nets for some reason. I don't know. I'm really high on that team. Like, insanely so because they're not going to be good this year but all right yeah, who did you, who... not not with you there but okay um <laughs> so let's agree to disagree I, james in fifth i had indiana okay me too um I, I just i think they're really good it wouldn't surprise me if they're actually fourth i i i'm not as worried as some people about the like oh they overachieved so now they're gonna underachieve like i no, i think like this is a really solid team yeah. they play both ends they play super hard i think they got better I think McDermott gives them something they didn't have last year. The guy never stops moving. Like their offense should be better uh, because of him. I think Oladipo can have a better year than he did last year, which is saying a lot because he was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think Sabonis will be better. I think Miles Turner looks like a totally different guy. Like one of his biggest problems last year was just conditioning. Like he started off the year injured and he would get tired mm-hmm. and he was not 
he did not really look athletic last year and like he really worked on his body in the summer he's said he's gone out and said stuff like i want to be an all-star and like all this stuff like this is sort of a make or break year for him and i think he could have a real breakout and i'm just pretty high on like the the chemistry and identity of that team and i already talked about tyreek so you you basically get how i feel about them totally i i think tyreek was a huge addition i also love kyle o'quinn that they got him uh, I, he's like one of those workman guys like he's one of my favorite players in the league just because of the way he plays like he's never going to be he's never going to be good numbers like he's not going to put up big stats but he's going to be solid for you the entire time and having him on the bench is just gonna i think it's gonna be huge for that team and then aaron holiday I'm pretty high on mm. as a rookie. I, I think he's going to do really good things offensively. By the way, I also love Thaddeus Young all the way back to the Sixers. So any team he's yeah. on, I'm going to be rooting for. Good dude. Yeah, totally. You want to? What do you got for fourth? I feel like I think we by both the have way, the Bucks, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like I think everybody's top four in the East is going to be exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I thought about the Pacers. Like, I, I came very close to doing that just because it seems like we've fallen into this like weird group thing with the Bucks. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the Bucks ascension is like automatic. Right. Like, I, I I might pick them to win fifty plus. I haven't done the whole like win total thing, um, but I think that's assuming they're going to have this incredible offense and then be like okay on defense. I think there's a world where they're really bad on defense. Actually, uh, I'm I'm not sure that beyond like Giannis, who's incredible and Middleton that you can really trust these guys to get stops. I, I think Brogdon's a really smart defender. Bledsoe, when he's engaged, is awesome, mm-hmm. but he also like gambles all the time, yeah. often loses concentration, is not always plugged in on team defense, and like I think sometimes treats his individual matchup as like the actual game. Um, but he's a really good pressure defender, and he's super physical, and he he can play hard on that end. So it, it's it's just really interesting to me. Like I, I think I'm really excited, as everybody is, about the potential of this team and what it's like when they're playing like Budenholzer ball. Uh, the 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 questions I have are about the defense, if Bud can actually fix that, and then the other thing is like. Bledsoe does not seem like a Budenholzer player to me, uh, and he's in a contract year. Like, mm. is he even gonna be on this roster after the trade deadline? Like, like what happens there? So, I I am very intrigued by this team. I think the ceiling is very high. Uh, I would just caution though that like as everybody is hyping them up, and they're like the biggest buzz team maybe in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is some downside. There are some concerns. Not enough for me to say they won't get home court advantage. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. I just thought of something. Can we, can we call them like what they play under a boot and holster? Can we call it booty ball? Is that, is that okay? You can, you can do it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to call it that. Come on. Booty ball. I'm it's, not, I'm not going to say it. the nation. Say it, say it, James. You'll feel so much it's better about happening. life. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think, I mean, we talked about him already. Like, you know, I like that they added Irisan, but I think they gave him too much money for what he does. He's going to take a lot of charges, but I don't think he's going to be that important to your team. I, I do love the guy, but like, yeah, he'll, he'll hustle and he'll, he'll take charges and he'll hit. And the spacing, like the spacing he'll, he'll is totally spacing. different. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be huge for spacing. Yeah. No, I mean, offensively, they're going to be, more they're going to be improved. I'm with you on that one. Defensively, I'm not I'm not concerned because outside of maybe Middleton and Giannis, who who else? And yeah, like you said, Eric Bledsoe is a good pressure on ball defender, but he's not always that engaged. I just it could go either way. It can go either way. I'm totally with you. I don't have anything more to say than that. <laughs> okay. All right. 
How about, I know for three, you probably have Philly, right? Yes. Okay. Give me your spiel about Philly. I mean, I, I'm really high on Philly. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I get like, it wouldn't shock me if they like put it this way. It would be less shocking to me if they finish second than if they finish fourth. Like, I think they're very clearly like an elite team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Simmons is going to be, if he's not like altogether better than the last time that we've seen him, I think he'll at least be able to like sustain what he did at the end of the season for an entire year. Yeah. Um, Cause he pretty clearly made a jump last year. Uh, I think Embiid is in like the best shape of his entire life. I think he, he could like, even though he's already amazing, I think he could have a, a real leap in him. Um, and then I'm really interested in, in what they did with, with the rotation. And I think it could, it could work. I think Markel obviously, is basically an addition to the team. Right. Uh, I think he's really talented. And then, like, by moving Redick to the bench, a move I did not see coming, I think that lessens the impact of losing Marco Bellinelli because he basically slides into that role, but he can play more minutes. He can actually play defense. And then, uh, yeah, losing Urson, a lot of people overreacted to, especially when they almost had Bayelitsa, and then they didn't. Yeah. But I, I think really Mascal weird. is basically fine in that role and then you'll also have Wilson Chandler like he's probably not going to be healthy for the whole season but like he can give you solid minutes there like I think the bench will be maybe like about what it was last year maybe a little better maybe a little worse like we don't quite know mm-hmm. but I think the core should only improve because because they're they're so young so uh I I like it's well documented how I feel about their coaching staff. Um, I I love the the way that that team operates. I just I I am not as down on them as some people are. Like I really believe in what they're doing. So I, I have them third. Uh, I, I to me like Boston Toronto are sort of one A and one B. We can get to them. Yeah. Uh, but I have Philadelphia sort of a tier of their own above the Milwaukee's and Indiana's of the world. I feel exactly the same way, and I think they're not that far off from one A and one B. They're not. But not yeah. far off from getting in that tier. It depends on what happens to Markel Fultz. It depends on if he like regains his shot. If he regains his confidence, really is what it comes down to. Um, and really, and figure, we don't know. Like it, it's easy know. to get excited yeah. about him making a three, but like we we really don't know. Yeah, we have no idea. The other thing is like I'm really encouraged by honestly of all people, Landry Shamit. He he, seems he can like, shoot, man. He can shoot the ball. Oh my god. Like that is one of the nicest shots I've seen in a while, and like he's he's way more athletic than I thought he was coming out of college. He seems like he's going to be able to defend a bit better than I thought, and you know Brett Brown's offensive system or his 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 coaching ability is just it's it's stellar. He's such a, a developmental coach. He's going to get the best out of these guys. Um, if there's anything there to tap into, he's going to tap into it. So I'm happy that like. Um, they have, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Oh my God. Um, what's that? No, I was, oh. I didn't say anything. Sorry. I thought, I, I thought you, I thought I lost you for a second there. Anyway. Um, I'm happy that they have Amir Johnson coming back. Uh, yeah. Mike Muscala, I think is going to be fine. He's uh he can hit some threes and he's actually way quicker than I thought he was going to be. The thing that I'm a little bit worried about I really want to see Ben Simmons just shoot a little bit more. Just, like, shoot some jumpers. We all know you can get to the rim, and no one can stop you. In the same way, very similar to what LeBron does, you can't stop him going to the rim. I want him to show that to people like Boston, who actually did stop him from going to the rim last year in the playoffs. But Embiid looks 
physically healthy. He looks like he's in great shape. I think he's actually improved his handle a little bit, and he's playing way more bully ball down low. I just think he's going to be a beast around the rim. They have a lot of, you know, it's the, the difference between them and Toronto and Boston for me is just their wing depth. And that's really what it comes down to. So with that in mind, who do you have in number two? Uh, I have Toronto, but like, I also kind of like, if you made me pick for the finals, I might also pick Toronto. (laughs) um, I think I, I trust Boston a little bit more in the regular season, but it's really tough. Like, I I just think they're both like really great teams with high ceilings and a lot of depth, um, amazing benches, uh, very, very versatile interchangeable um guys in in the starting five like yeah yeah, i just i like they're both very talented teams and very modern teams and the one and i think the interesting thing is like i think Kawhi leonard is the the best player on either roster Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and i I don't even think that's that close uh but the the celtics have like they're like they're starting five guys that like could conceivably all be all-star caliber and the raptors cannot say that so uh i i have I have Boston sort of 1A because of that, but I think like kind of like if it's a playoff matchup, I think that that's when I might think about taking Toronto because I, at that point having the best player, which I think is Kawhi, like that that probably matters a little bit more. So it, it's it's a tough one. I get why Boston is like generally seen as the consensus favorite, but I think it is a lot closer than we uh, than than some people would would uh would admit right now or argue for right now i absolutely agree with you the only reason i don't have toronto number one is well yeah as you mentioned boston has like five potential all-stars starting uh the real thing for me is that it comes down to Kawhi's health i want him to show me that he's actually back sure. and healthy and 100 percent because yeah. like that's a lot of time to miss it's like i mentioned before in part one of this podcast um <laughs> it's if it wasn't for that i'd have toronto probably just a little bit better because Kawhi is that good and he is that big of a difference maker and he is a potential mvp candidate i think boston if they win 60 plus games you have to think about Kyrie as a potential mvp candidate too um, and I do think like either one of those teams, because they're so deep, their benches are so deep and they have so many versatile wing players. Um, they're a really interesting matchup for the finals to go up against Golden State, if that's who we're picking. Right. But yeah. having, having said that, let's do that real quick. Who's your finals MV, or who's your finals matchup? I mean, it it like I hate having to pick it now. Yeah. Like I'm going to have a much more like sensible, rational answer, like when the playoffs are actually but here. But no, it's fun then. Come on. I'll, but yeah, no, but but I'll <laughs> I'll take the Raptors. I'll take I'll I'll say Warriors Raptors. All right. Nice. I like it. I'm going Boston Raptors or Boston Warriors. But, you know, you say, well, that. you're stupid. That's How true. Dare That's you. fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> You know, you say that, but like last year, everyone was like, it's going to be Cleveland and the Warriors and everyone was right. So like everyone, I think everyone got one pick right from the start of the season. So, you know, I know, I know having the, the benefit of having the entire season under your belt would make it easier to pick, but it's not what this game is, man. (laughs) (laughs) Give me, yeah, I mean, clearly like, I don't, we don't have to talk about why it's the Warriors and when, when it's a, it's basically like like the the conference finals are sort of a toss up. Like I don't, I I don't know how you make like a really. I don't know how your opinion could be like super strong, on this one. You clearly um, don't know and, me. And <laughs> is your opinion super strong? No, I'm just saying, in general. I have some there very strong opinions. Uh, um, but but yeah, it's like I I just I I think by the end of the year I think 
the Raptors are going to have a really good idea of who they are. I, I don't think they quite know yet. I weirdly, I don't think the Celtics quite know either, just because they didn't have Hayward at all, mm-hmm. and they didn't have Kyrie um, when they sort of like played probably their best basketball, which is weird. Um, so, so I, I think both teams actually have like a certain amount to figure out, even though obviously the Celtics are coming back with more continuity and, and probably more overall talent. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I think the Raptors are at least like equipped to take a team like that down. All I right. think they have a different mentality than they have in the past, and I have a, I think they're just their defensive ceiling is so different, their spacing is going to be so different, uh, the, the coaching is obviously different, and like it remains to be seen whether that is a good or a bad thing. But I am pretty optimistic about Nick Nurse. I was just going to um, ask, so that means so. that you're all in on Nick Nurse. You're a full full believer. Yeah, and I mean that's not based on nothing. Like I I've I've heard lots about like sort of what he's doing. Um, I, I talked to him in in the summer. I am like everything that I've heard and everything that he said sounds really sensible and smart to me. And I think he, he has his eyes on the bigger picture. Like it's not just about like, this isn't about like trying to make himself look good or like making changes for changes sake. Like I think the changes that he's making are all really sensible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is done with playoff success in mind and i think he has like the 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 reason why like the raptors were so much better last year was because of the changes that he installed on offense like that was him okay and he wanted to do that like three years prior but the team didn't so they didn't do it so they waited and it's like now he has a bunch of other ideas that he's going to try will all of them work probably not but i i I know that he's going to experiment i know that he's going to try some stuff that looks a little unconventional. And I think by the end of the year, he's going to have a really good idea of like what works and what doesn't, who can play with who, uh, what is the best style, what they do against different types of opponents. Like, I, I just think he's a really sharp guy. All right. Perfect. Then get right before we go, and I'm going to let you go because we've been on the freaking phone for two hours. <laughs> Give me one team that's going to most surprise you this year, good or bad. doesn't matter. Most surprised me or most surprised people? Everyone. Everyone. Team that's going to most surprise everyone this year. Sorry. This is a bummer, but I'm picking San Antonio. Like, I think there's a good chance it'll actually be, like, kind of bad. Yeah. And I, I hate it because, like, I, I, I've, i like, been a DeMar DeRozan guy. Um, and I've defended him against his critics. But it's, like, they suddenly need him to be, like, a stopper. And I just – I. I don't know what evidence there is that that's going to happen. Like they, it's not just that they lost Kawhi. Like, I mean, Kawhi barely played last year anyway, but like to lose Kyle Anderson and Danny green, uh, to then lose DeJounte Murray, yeah. who's like the one elite defender that they have left. Unless you think LaMarcus is an elite defender, which I think like Marcus is a really good defender. I wouldn't call him like an elite one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just look at this team. It's like, they made their bones on defense. Like that's why they were awesome. And I don't know how you can be a good defensive team if now you don't really have any above-average wing defenders. Like, you're going to be playing Marco Bellinelli serious minutes. And then when you look at the guards, it's like... Like, DeJounte was this, like, crazy man who could, like, help on drives and block shots at the rim and could, like jump in passing lanes was like super long and really aware and could play like guard three positions and like actually force like star guards to have off nights. And like, you just lost him mm-hmm. and you're replacing him with like Patty Mills and Derek white and like a rookie Lonnie Walker. And like Demar's going to play a ton of minutes and Rudy Gay is going to play a ton of minutes. And it's like, uh, I just, I don't know. Like 
their formula for offense is going to rely on all these mid-range shots again. And then their defense, I just don't see how it can be anywhere near as good as it was last year. And the West is so competitive. Like, you always feel stupid seeing negative things about the Spurs going into the season because they're the fucking Spurs. Right. Uh, but I just, I, they, I, I can't feel great about them. Like, I just can't. I can't talk myself into it. I, I could have maybe done it with DeJounte, but now that that happened, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and I think that's a good pick. I think that we're all going to be unpleasantly surprised with the, the Spurs. Like, I don't think either one of us had him in our playoffs. No, we didn't. So we didn't. I, I'm with you, and especially after they lost DeJounte, man. That was like, that's a hard, hard blow for them. That that really sucks. And from what I've heard, everyone was saying he was poised to have a breakout year offensively as well. So Yeah. And, like, can you imagine what that would have looked like? Could he have been, like, their next Kawhi? That would have been amazing. Um, it's really sad. Yeah, I was I was going to pick him for most improved, man. Like, yeah. I was really excited. And <laughs> it sucks because, like, the potential is still there. But like, imagine, like, working really, really hard at something yeah. for, like, months and months. And then, like, your, like, third day on the job, it's like, oh, like, no. Like, you're, the next year of your life is now looking significantly different and a lot less fun. I actually don't have to imagine. I, I still do this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll give you mine. It's gonna be it's gonna be a positive though. I really think that Dallas is gonna be way better than we think. It's for all you know for all the reasons we mentioned earlier. Dirk is gonna be coming off the bench, which I think is you know you still have to honor his shot, man. What, it, yeah. Whatever Dirk is now, he's still a damn good shooter. Um, Doncic, we both think he's gonna be rookie of the year. And by the way, I don't think it's a shoe in. I'm not complete. Well, I, I don't think you, you can picked be Miles. That, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Miles. Anyway, you think he's going to be rookie of the year. Um, I just think he's going to bring a lot of poise to that team right off the bat. And, you know, I am a believer in Dennis Smith Jr. I think that dude can shoot the lights out, and I think he is a super dynamic player. I just, you know, and having DeAndre Jordan on the team, I just think they're going to be a lot of fun. I, I think they're going to be way better than people think, and they're going to be more competitive than people think. And I think that uh, Wesley Matthews, actually, if he's healthy now, can you know, get close to what he used to be. JJ Maria is still, you know, he's aging, but he's, he's going to give you he can something. Run a pick and roll with Dirk. Like, he can run they, a pick those and roll. guys can do that when they're like 60. Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, he can do, he can do it with, uh, what am I saying? He can do it with DeAndre now too. Anyway, I, I think they're going to be better than people think. I think they are going to be like knocking on the door for the playoffs, but they're not going to make it, but it's going to be a better season yeah. for, for Dallas fans. Yeah, I mean, Carlisle's going to have them, like, doing all the right things. The, the one thing is, like, I, I hope Harrison Barnes gets healthy. Yeah. Because I, I do think they need him to be. Um, but, How long is yeah, he out I mean, for? I see all the upside. Uh, I, I don't, I think it's indefinite right now. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, I, I just think the team makes so much more sense than it did last year. Totally. Uh, Luca sort of puts everybody in their proper place. And, I mean, it, everybody's like how are Luca and Dennis Smith going to share the ball like I think that is a storyline I think they need to figure out how to play together but I think the fact that like Carlisle runs a, like basically a two-point guard offense anyway mm-hmm. uh, means like it's it it's more likely to be a, a smooth thing than it would be elsewhere because that's just how Carlisle plays so um yeah I, I think they'll be really fun I did not pick them to make the playoffs but I think yeah, there's probably a lot of people that are assuming they're just going to be bad. And it's like, no, nah, man, like it, it, Smith could be a lot better. Luca could be really good right away. And they just freaking signed DeAndre Jordan. And like what all of that does is address like all the like glaring weaknesses that they have and like mean that Wesley Matthews and Harrison Barnes like don't have to like they're not like they don't have to carry a superstar in which like they're not qualified. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. So they can just be good role players again as long as they're healthy. And, and that that might be a thing. 
And that's the thing you could say about every single team in the league, though. You know, providing health, here's their ceiling. So we'll see. Um, James, thank you again for spending two hours on the on Skype with me talking about the NBA. This has been the longest podcast I've ever done and ever planned to do. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I spent it with you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Do, do me a favor and plug your stuff one more time and I'll let you go. Uh, just go to my Twitter account, at Outside the NBA. Cool. That was short and sweet. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to pause this thing. There you go. Special big, huge thank you to James Herbert again. Go check out CBS Sports. Go check out James. And that's going to do it for me for this week. Let's go, NBA. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.